All right, everybody. I well, listen, audience, listen. And I haven't failed you yet, have I not? Have I? No. Everybody I've invited has been cool. I told you I'm going to have one people that I, I know you're going to enjoy. It continues this time. It continues again. Ryan, introduce yourself to the audience. Hi, everybody. My name is Ryan Bennell. I am a Colorado comedian, host, and podcaster, and uh, I hope to not screw up the track record that you've been producing so far. Okay, he's already ruined it, and this episode's over. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> man, it's you know it's really an interesting thing because we've been following each other on social media for quite a while now, and um, I, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because we, we we've uh, done uh, obviously we're both podcasters and, and comedians. You near the West Coast, me on the East Coast, and uh, I've I've never actually been to Denver. Really? Yeah, never been there. Like that's that's amazing to me. Like like I, I'm already like okay, let me book you. When do you want to come out? <laughs> <laughs> when do you want stage time? You know, I'm gonna hold you to that because uh, the, the funny thing is, I lived in Los Angeles for most of the '90s. Um. But I, it's, it's, it's and I've been to Vegas, obviously, but I've never been to Denver. And everybody that I've talked to has told me how awesome it is. It's it's a pretty amazing scene. Um, I had somebody from New York who was a headliner one weekend. I worked a couple shows with him, and then there it was the following Thursday. I was working at one of my shows and working the door, and he walked by me and goes, "Ryan, I'm leaving a brewery that had a sold out comedy show." I'm on my way to another brewery with a sold out, sold out comedy show. And I found you here at a brewery with a sold out comedy show. <laughs> like it's, it's nuts that we, they eat it up around here. Like and there's enough breweries and enough people that want it. Like it's, it's pretty amazing. That's the weird thing because you, you're saying breweries and every place else it's uh maybe it's the same there. It's a good, good idea to ask you coffee houses. They do not as much. So breweries. Yeah, we we only most. Yeah, because there's so there's I think there's something like 250 like microbrew companies in Colorado Mm -hmm. that it's just so easy for them to have places and do things that that's that's where you you get your start at comedy. You find shows you can make shows doing that way. Um, You know, I mean, there's definitely clubs. There's, of course, comedy works, sport comedy uh, and other, you know, actual comedy clubs. But like if you're wanting to like get and grind yourself go find yourself a brewery to have a show at man that that sounds very that sounds like uh and i'm gonna make myself sound uh 750 years old right now uh, <laughs> when i started doing stand-up in 1986 yes 86 um nice that was, that was during the middle of the comedy boom and it was literally the same thing you you yours is breweries ours was bars just every every bar nightclub anything that had four walls on it would throw a microphone in there some chairs and you could just do comedy and uh it looks like it sounds like you have a really cool scene there with a you know essentially the uh like a comedy family there it is like the, the this is definitely a family when it comes to the comedy scene around here uh everybody pretty much takes care of everybody nobody really feels like they're truly in competition with one another everyone wants to succeed and help each other succeed and the more shows the merrier the more stage time you have a chance to work on things to go to a different audience uh, colorado is amazing because in less than an hour you can have a completely different audience uh you can have a very conservative audience more farmer audience very you know 
city oriented audience, very liberal audiences, very tough liberal audiences. It's it's a great comedy ground like, oh, sorry, I'm a Boulder comic. And anybody who knows Boulder comedy, uh, we have a lot of uptight assholes that like to watch our comedy. And that's fine. And that's but it makes you a better comic coming out of it. You had to earn your laughs. You know, they weren't given to you. That that really is the best. You know, the best way to get started. Um, uh, I'm originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the sports fans of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, yes, sir. Uh, we 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 have one in our scene. Uh, he's five foot six, and I will not fight him. Yeah. You just imagine so. about uh, two million of those. So <laughs> oh, more like one point. <laughs> right? So that's the audience that you, you start off with here. And basically anybody that started or here, I'm not even in Philadelphia now, but you know what I'm saying? Um, the uh, when they start off there is uh, <laughs> you have about five, somewhere between three to seven seconds to get to it. You know, there's, there's, there's none of that easing into the act. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Whew, I had a hard time getting it. They're already like, get the, get the <laughs> hell out of that crap. Come on, jokes. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't Seriously, uh, I did my I did my first, uh, basically my second open mic since the pandemic last night. Mm-hmm. And the guy who opened was doing that kind of stuff. And like nobody was feeling it. Like, no, man, we're in Fort Comedy right now. Get to the jokes, please. <laughs> yeah, just, like, don't play around. Make me laugh. Well, that's the funny thing, because when people watch stand up comedy on TV that have never been to a comedy club, they're only, you know, stand up comedy that they're used to is the stuff that's on television. And in television, when they, when you mm-hmm. do your when you put your set together, they go through that crap line by line. Trust me. And uh, they want you to get right to it. So when they see comedy on TV, it's like this next guy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, anyway, uh, and they just jump right into it. But at the comedy club, you, you kind of kind of can ease into it. But uh, most of the time, audiences don't feel that kind of crap at all. How bad was the no. pandemic where you where you are? So it was bad, but I got lucky. Um, I mean, every like actual comedy show was closed. Like I remember it was March 7th. I was on a show and I'm looking at the producer and we both realized it was going to be a while before we were ever going to see indoor comedy again. Mm-hmm. Um, there were six people at that show and you could just had the feeling this is it. Tonight's the last night. We might not see each other for a while. Um, but I say I got lucky. Uh, I did a lot of outdoor shows. You've talked about breweries. A lot of the breweries had open tables and things I could do where you could do open air comedy. Um, and I'm a little louder and bigger than most people. So I play <laughs> well to an outdoor audience. Um, so it, it worked out really well for me because yeah, the producer I hooked up with, like, he loved me as a host. I was super energetic. I'm really loud. Like you get, it's hard for that spread out outdoor audience, COVID audience to feel like they're welcomed into a tight comedy room. And to do that's very difficult. And I feel like I did it fairly successfully. Did, I mean, did for, for you, when you were doing the, the comedy outside, did you feel like, I mean, cause everybody, well, as we know as comics, the, the dynamic, as you just explained to out from outside to inside is a whole different animal <laughs> you know there's no airplane mm-hmm. oh 100 percent. you know it's just it's like ugh. Did, i mean did it throw your timing off the first time you did a the uh, the outside shows uh, a few of the times it did uh, like occasionally but I, I guess i'm so kind of used to what my first feature set mm-hmm. in colorado which this person shouldn't give gave me that feature set but that's on them um, I went and I did it and it was ne- it was next to train tracks mm-hmm. and it was notoriously somebody would tell you at some point during the set, the train's going to go by and it was during my set and the train went by for three minutes Ooh. and like 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of you, you kind of had to learn to work with it. You're just like, OK. And I don't know. I've, I've done such weird shows. And honestly, my style of being a performer, I feel like I'm more like a professional wrestler mm-hmm. and like hype man than I, at, at points than a comedian. It makes it easier just to be bigger and louder and bolder outside. Like even if you fail at worst, you're getting especially at the host spot. I'm getting the attention on myself mm-hmm. like and I'll get the attention on the stage. Like, again, wrestling terms, I'll go heel. I'll make everybody a baby face. Like, I'll make every single, I'll make you love that every single comic that's going to come up after me because you hated me. I'm okay with this as long as the show goes on. You literally just told on yourself just now with that heel reference. Oh, 100%. Oh, that. (laughs) (laughs) You you literally, is that how long you've been watching the, were you watching the WWE when it was WWF? Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Back like uh, the Rockers, everything. Like, oh I'm, my god, How I'm old early eighties, dude. The Rockers, not even that either. Like, I'm thirty five, by the way. Like, I know, I've, I've seen you. I, know. I, was, like, I look five. at you. I can see you in your thirties. I'm going the Rockers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I lo- give me some old Shawn Michael. Uh, you know Hulk Hogan. I had a Hulk Hogan toy at four years old. Oh like. I, like I feel like Hulkamania when I'm like when a good show's going well, that's what I want to build to. Just like I want that crowd just feeling it, that energy going. Like that's what I want. Yeah, because now, but again, I'm learning now. Going back, sorry, going back indoors, I can't always be that person. Mm-hmm. I have to tone that tone that down a lot. I, 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 it was just really weird hearing that terminology come out because that's you know that's a. Uh, like casuals don't know that, <laughs> you know, casuals don't no. know heel and face and bumps and kayfabe. They don't know what that is. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's another me and another comedian, PJ Johnson. It's just kind of like we watch enough wrestling. Like we're just that's kind of who we're just like, I'd rather be that aura. And like, I've again, you've I've watched it so long. I can mimic those guys and feel like that. And sometimes that's easier than just doing material like being that big and that bold and again even hated is okay at certain mm-hmm. points you better not be the headliner and being hated but like again if you're going to be a host it's fine no no nobody's going to remember your set anyways so that is well, so then when you said your your first feature set when how long ago was that uh about three years ago mm-hmm. and i definitely didn't get a feature set for a long time after that it was not good uh i recently talked to the guy who headlined after me and it was the first time he saw me and he saw me again uh, a couple weeks ago he goes oh my gosh ryan you're so significantly better than the last the first time i saw you like work on a couple other things but man you're so much better than that i was like yeah that 15 minute set was long i feel i really feel bad for that audience like i shouldn't have said yes but mm. of course i am do you i mean so your your feature set was you did 15 yeah uh, around here so an opener usually does 10 feature does 15 headliner does 30 to 45 Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit different than the quote standard format. Unquote. Um, out here, it's yeah. fifteen thirty forty five. So the MC does. Oh, that's 15. what I've heard. And yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I I learned that actually. Uh, I did my first out of state gig and got there. Like, no, you do fifteen as your host. I was like, oh, really? You guys are gonna let me do fifteen? Oh, okay. Thanks. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that. So, well, if you go, because like most other places, you go. Uh, it's 15, 30, it's usually 15, 30, 45 or 15, 30, 60. Um, but usually it's 45 because they want, okay. they want, they want to get your ass off the stage because <laughs> they got a second show to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's, when you I will to, say usually we have a, a few more. 
Go ahead. Go, go sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you, usually we have a few more like drop-ins and uh, guest spots that will fill up those earlier minutes too. Typically mm-hmm. is where that's filled out at. So, but get ready, my friend. You know, is that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a weird thing because I when you did your first thirty, the first it's like the butterflies in the stomach get really big because you now know, yeah, you're a huge chunk. See, if the MC doesn't do well, but the feature and the headliner do well, nobody cares. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nope. If the nobody feature, never nobody ever remembered you. Yeah, but if the feature <laughs> has a bad set or the headline has a bad set, you pretty much ruined their weekend. Uh, no pressure though. <laughs> That's what I used to say to myself. <laughs> I used to say that to myself all the time. I was like, yeah, if I uh, if I do the, if I uh, if I suck for forty five minutes, uh, yeah, I pretty much ruined these people weekend. But no, 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 no pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> no pressure at all. No, that's so that's so perfect. That's that's absolutely how the show goes. And like, as long as the headliner does well enough, nobody ever remembers. And they had a great time. That's all they think that they had. They had the best time ever. Um, and I, yeah, I've definitely seen enough headliners tank it. And I'm like, oh man, there goes any money I was expecting to make tonight. Thank you, appreciate that. Isn't that one of the we weirdest things to see? Tip it's, bucket stuff. Isn't isn't that one of the weirdest things to see when you see someone is doing 45 to 60 minutes and. 30 seconds in, you already know this is going to be the longest hour. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, it's, like watch, yes. it's like watching someone get beaten uh-huh. on a television show and you can't help them. <laughs> well, the problem is some of these people I'm watching are intentionally beating themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not name names on who this is, but this is a local headliner. And I watched this person go up and literally crowd work an audience for jokes. Literally was open micing it and mm-hmm. like intentionally telling the crowd that sh- this person was open micing as a headliner. And I'm like, no, please don't do this. Please don't do this. And 30 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, a lot of people like yeah. like crowd work basically unless unless you're like some kind of genius at it crowd work is like you know salt and pepper it's a condiment you, you know you wouldn't want to sit back and with a bottle of ketchup and squirt it in your mouth until it's empty <laughs> you know that's basically what it, <laughs> that's basically what it turns into you know instead of just squirting a little on the on the on your hamburger or whatever but but that that was an that's an interesting interesting yes. thing cuz I, I what i've heard about uh, denver is everybody's very active Riding bikes and hiking and on the trails and fairly everybody's, everybody's working yeah, out I mean, and everybody's fit, which is why I won't be going there anytime <laughs> soon. Damn it! <laughs> uh, okay, there is okay, there is an overabundance of people who are way too good of shape. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, being a Boulder comic, people are little. My uh, my weekend shows are at a bicycle uh, repair shop brewery. Mm-hmm. Like that's the place I'm performing at. Like that's their customer base is like oh i have bicycles and everything else um i've worked at a bicycle panini shop uh bar and done like a hundred person open mic before like yes these people are way too fit they try way too hard and uh being the large guy that goes on stage i'm very proud of that like i'm just like this is what happens guys when you drink a couple beers it's okay you'll be uh, all right so you're a uh, you're a big guy as well yeah yes uh, about uh, six three Six three. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm I'm five eight, but yes. six. When you say big guy, I mean, I thought you you were you, you you're tall, obviously, but you're a big big guy. You know, I'm a big I'm a big big guy. That's again, it helps too because uh, uh, getting my foot in the door, I I'd work uh work the doors, I'd bounce tables and mm-hmm. like things for stage time, 
Um, it was my easiest way to getting in because I'm like, I know I can like beat somebody up with my fist. And like, <laughs> can you guys give me five minutes so that I can prove it with a mouth? Like, uh, I'll do this. <laughs> I just, I Actually, just... it's it's it, it's funny you. Uh, like so you'll appreciate this so we get an outdoor shows we're in downtown denver so we have a lot of like homeless people coming around and things um and i i haven't been doing much door work a lot lately but one of the, the one producer host was like you know i really miss ryan tonight because he just he just hates the homeless and he would have taken care of the situation right away and he wouldn't have ruined my set uh, and i was like thanks ben i appreciate that i got news for you that's the name of your one man show right there <laughs> Ryan hates the homeless. That's your show right there. That's the, that's the, that's the name of your first Netflix special. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. I, if that's not my comedy special, I don't know what is. I'm telling you right now. If you need somebody to to, to, to play an extra, I'm there, baby. <laughs> I just got to kick. Uh, that's just kind of that's kind of a funny thing too. Um, but I, I, that's 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 what, what made you exactly? Because I'm always curious because. Every time I, every comic I meet, you know, you, you kind of fall in the conversation. And I basically think that as comics, even if we don't meet each other, we have so many things in common, the same type of experiences in the beginning, learning our craft, moving up from, from MC to feature to headliner, you know, getting your ter- first TV spot or getting on radio and all these kind of things. We all have the same experiences at different, in different areas. But I'm always curious because this is a unique thing that we do. It seems like there's a lot of us, but when you think about the other professions, there's not that many of us as you think. What made you actually pick up the microphone the first time? I'm always curious about what makes a person do it for the first time. So uh, I, I so I started as a podcaster first mm-hmm. um, and I always wanted to do podcast comedy and I was doing it and it was fine. And then I just kind of felt like I hit a ceiling. Mm-hmm. I was like. This is as far as I'm funny right now. And I said, what else can I do to go try to be funny? So I was like, I'm going to go do stand up. I didn't tell anybody I was going to go do stand up. Um, I just kind of wrote some stuff down and I went to uh, the famous, no longer there, El Chirito comedy room room. Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll never I'll never forget it because it was an 11 o'clock mic and I signed up 16th out of 32. And I didn't realize they uh, did their own show order. So I'm assuming I was going 16th. I had no clue. Uh, I went last. Uh, It was 3 a.m. on Friday morning now. Uh, There's only a handful of people in the room. And the worst thing that happened is I heard laughter. I was like, ah, no, why couldn't I just bomb and I could never have to do this again? And I was like, nope, I I heard laughter. I have to keep making sure that I'm still funny. Can I be funny? And I've been chasing the dragon ever since. Now your first, so your first set went pretty well. I mean, no, I'm not, I heard. Hold on, I saw I saw someone bomb bomb like absolutely mm-hmm. terrorist. I heard a little bit of laughter, mm-hmm. and that was the problem. It was just enough for me to go. Should I keep trying this? Mm-hmm. And then I, I did. Yeah, I mean, we're almost four years in, and I'm, I'm still trying it. Do you remember your first really heavy bombola? Oh, yes, because it only came a few weeks after that. Um, I w- after that, I was like, oh, these comedians suck. The comedians like so I went to a mixed open mic. <laughs> what a terrible idea that was. That's why I'm laughing because they ahead. hated me. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. You know, you've been there. You've been to a few of those. You know this experience. 
So I went. So the worst part was they uh, they offered 15 minute slots. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no. Like, am I going to do 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. So I wrote 15 minutes worth of material. Like, and it was just so bad. The problem was when I went up to do this, the room was fairly full and they were putting me up pretty late. And this one woman went up with their out of tune guitar and walked the entire room. Everyone was gone except for the uh, the host who had already heard most of my stuff and the lady with the out of tune guitar. I was like, oh, no. And like I got off stage and I looked at her and she goes, comedy's hard, huh? I was like, oh, Shut up. You walked the entire room. I don't even know if I could have been funny. Uh, yeah, that 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 was a string of many, many failures early on. I, I failed a lot early, so I'm OK with that. Yeah, that is that that is one of those things. My last bombola was a long, long time ago, and it is burned into my brain. It is from it's like it's from the eighties. And now you have a couple sprinkles here and there, you know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about the one that's where it's yeah. like it's where it's like, where, it's, where you want to act like that it never happened. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> the quietest place I've ever the quietest place in the world is a room with two hundred and twenty something people in it or three hundred people in it. And you're telling your jokes and nobody cares. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 will, I, I will say I had one recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in a room about 40, 40 people. Mm-hmm. I was killing it. I was killing it. And then I had a heckler. I nailed the heckler. I was like, yes, I got this. And then I like I, I flubbed my ending. I screwed up my ending so bad. And like, I was like, okay, you know what? Let me try to recover this with uh, some new material. And all I could hear after about a minute and a half of new material was the heckler go, you're bombing. (laughs) And I was like, oh no, he's right. Oh, he's right. I'm getting off stage. Good night. (laughs) You handed that bastard a sword. (laughs) Oh, I hundred percent did. Like I had stabbed him and he just pulled that shit out of his chest and goes, nope, come here. This oh. is Sparta. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hundred percent what happened because that dude still wanted to fight me after my set too, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this isn't good." Like I bombed, and he wants to fight me. Can I? I'm going to ask you this because obviously the reputation for where you are is is sweet people, great people, nice people. Have you ever played <laughs> a place that's dangerous? Oh, 100%. It's called Colorado Springs. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, okay. Colorado Springs and Johnstown. Johnstown, Colorado. Uh, both are, okay, one's more Republican, one's more religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, uh, um, I have material, uh, just openly, I'm a bisexual male. Like mm-hmm. uh, Trying to do those jokes in those areas is terrifying. And like, there are some places you get hatred and vitriol. Um, but actually, let me say this. I actually have I have a great story that you'll appreciate when it comes to this. Uh, I did my first out of state gig about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and played Gillette, Wyoming. Woo. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, no. This this gets really good because the show was amazing. The mm-hmm. show was fire. Everyone's loving us afterwards. They're coming up, thanking us, buying us drinks. This is the best comedy show we've ever seen. Except this one table wasn't feeling it. And you could just see it. It's the ultimate Karen sitting in the front row. She's holding her hands across her thing. She's making faces like whatever. Okay. Now, mind you, this is three Denver comics. So we do the show. 
Uh, we get back to the hotel, and there's the police waiting for us. Uh, somebody from the show, we don't know who, called the police and said, we might have marijuana on us. Uh, mm-hmm. Due to comedy, I was arrested and stayed 40 hours in jail in Gillette, Wyoming over the weekend. Okay. For what ended up being half a joint. <laughs> like, I was just like, I could... Yeah, this lady, because one comic, the headliner, we'll, we'll leave his name out of this, made a couple jor- jokes towards the end of the set about, you know, working in weed and things. And I watched this lady's face and went, oh, no, don't say that here. Let's not joke. That, and uh, yeah, no, she called the cops on us. Wow. I, that is, <laughs> that, 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 I, I just imagine spending all that time in jail because someone in the audience was an idiot. Yes, this is exactly what happened. You're like, are you kidding me? Like three hours, like depending, like between like for over three hours, like I was signing autographs. They're buying me drinks. And then a few hours later, I'm in an orange jumpsuit in a cell with another friend. Like, that's exactly what ended up happening. Like, it was was insane. Man, you got the Lenny Bruce story. Yeah. Also, (laughs) (laughs) that's it. (laughs) Somebody else told me that recently, too. (laughs) I was like, yeah. Like I like they said, I think Carlin got arrested too. I was just about to like, say that. Like somebody called the cops. <laughs> okay, it's like I was like, okay, I guess everyone's like, Ryan, you have street cred now. I'm like, this isn't how I wanted street cred. Like yeah. this isn't what I wanted. So <laughs> I'm just it's astounding because you know a lot of times you get into a, a situation. We we play bars back in the day, and um, you know you 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 literally you walk into the building i remember walking into a building and i'm looking around and i'm going i'm at least going to get stabbed in here <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm, not, yes, I'm not even yes, kidding i'm going 100 i was like i'm at least i'm, I'm not stabbed I'm at least going to get slashed in here and i was like I'm, this is you know and obviously and i'm not uh, nothing happened the show went well but i'm sitting we're sitting in the car and we just we do the show it's ridiculously dangerous i mean just shockingly dangerous Biker gang, knives, people with knives in their hands, threaten each other in the audience, dangerous. Show goes well, we leave. And it's just one of those things where you, you sit there, you're going, this could, we could have been on a, like a Dateline special. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. It, it, there's so many, the, the, I had an open mic one time I went to this notoriously bad place. The bartender got so drunk that she was replaced by the bartender that got fired the week before. Mm-hmm. They're doing coke deals in front of me, and I they uh they were so mad they cut off alcohol sales as the mic started. Oh, so I'm in this. T- yeah, exactly. So guess who ends up having to go first? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> um, I'm trying. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to play it off like be cool. It's kind of a sports bar. And I'm from St. Louis. And they were talking about, uh, you know, St. Louis Cardinals were on playing. And I think the St. Louis Blues were in the Stanley Cup finals or something like that. I'm trying to make a sports reference. I go, man, why don't you guys have the Blues game on? Come on, St. Louis, the shit. And this guy looks at me and goes, what part of St. Louis are you from? It's like, um, it's like Jefferson County. And he goes, you're in the shit. You ain't getting stabbed tonight. (laughs) Oh, thank God. I said the right place at the right time. And he's not going to kill me. (laughs) Like it was like he was he was going to stab me. He's the one doing drug deals in front of me before I went up there. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, he's going to kill me. Like he he told somebody before him, fuck you, fat boy. I'm going to fuck you up. Like he told that to another patron before I went up. Okay. yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, alrighty, it's, it's, it's amazing how many times and and 
if anybody is listening, it doesn't matter what country you're in, because I know that, you know, if you do stand-up comedy, just realize that what this man is talking about right here and what I'm talking about right here, it is absolutely going to happen to you. Okay? Just letting you yep. know <laughs> what Ryan is talking about, what S. Anthony is talking is what... about, it's going to happen <laughs> to you. You know, it happens literally. I, mean, I, I think 99.9% .9 of the comics I've ever met have at least two to, two to five stories just like mine and yours. Some of them I can't even talk about on the air. Uh, <laughs> you know, if right. we meet in person, <laughs> I'll tell you when we, you know, if I come to where you are and we, we meet, we shake hands and go, here's the crap I couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> you know, but that's just that. Mm -hmm. Wait, but how the hell did you get to Denver from St. Louis? So I, I originally, I lived in St. Louis the first eight months of my life. And then my, like, they found out that I was allergic to the air in St. Louis. Then my family, my mom had family in Denver. So we moved all back to Denver and I've been here ever since basically. So 33 out of 35 years I've lived, I've been in Colorado. Okay. So what are you claiming St. Louis for? And get out of here with that. You're a Denver guy. I had to do something. I, I was just, I was just, I, I was trying. Well, first off, Denver didn't have a hockey team for a very long time. And I grew up a hockey fan. So St. Louis Blues were my team mm -hmm. before the Avalanche. So I, I want mild credit for that. But yeah, no, otherwise you're right. I was pulling at strings at that point. Like I said, I was just trying to get their attention. And you're lucky. And I got it. You just happened to, you just spun that, uh, that, that the wheel, like on the wheel of fortune and, and said the right place. <laughs> I hundred percent I did, and I looked at him, and he goes, "Yeah, you were in the shit." And I remember going on stage, and I go, "No, man, I'm soft as heck. Like seriously, you have no idea. Like you, you don't get this." That is just uh, oh, that, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Was, we all we all have these stories, and it's and that's the thing that is so weird. It's like, how does how does this happen to literally virtually every com and you know how I know a gazillion comics. And virtually everyone, yeah, there was a guy with a baseball bat uh, waiting for me at the, car, in the parking lot, and uh, he was going to hit me in the head. And uh, he said, "You're going to die, buddy." I said, "Come on, man!" And he goes, "Where you from, punk? Um, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I'm from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. You get to live tonight, you know." Like, <laughs> <laughs> everybody has that story. And you're going, well, I came that close to getting my head bashed in, and just because of, you know, my parents just happened to hit that specific hospital on the way. <laughs> literally no 19 years later or 20 <laughs> years later that you know you're you know pulling into that hospital would keep you from getting my head smacked you know there's always these weird stories now you said now I'm uh, gonna check the, I, wait a minute wait, 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 I got, oh I gotta get you this is what I'm talking about I have to talk about the podcasting buster yes sir let's do this how many podcast do shows did you have so between everything I've done, I have uh, been either on or a guest of over two hundred and twenty-five. Mm -hmm. But how many? So, not as many as you. You got. You got. You got. You got the. Key. You're the king of the number on that. I was telling people today. I was just like, I can't do what he does. But I feel like two twenty-five is pretty good right now. Uh, we were going really strong on my last show until the pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, because it was just us interviewing other comics. Mm -hmm. Well, if no one's working, it's not fun to talk about at that point. So uh. it's just like okay. What about, what, what so the, we, can, we 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 took a time off. Name your but the, but the names of your shows, your podcasts. Uh, so the one so the one you mm -hmm. hopefully remember me from was the Mister BS show. Mm -hmm. uh, I was on <laughs> I was on that for a very long time. Yeah yeah. Uh, and then I was on the Three Mandy's podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, we did almost a hundred episodes of that. And then I have I have a show in the tank. 
I still could release it. I need to. I just need to get to editing. Uh, I, I love talking about it, though. It's called Blind Date with Anthony Bartolo, mm-hmm. um, where literally uh, I played a waiter. He played a patron. And then I would have random Zoom guests have to go on a, a dinner date with him. <laughs> um, and it would be different comedians in the scene that would have to go on a dinner date with him. And he would have no idea who it was up until the moment we started the show. Do you? So, do you uh, I have like eight episodes of that. I, so no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. You. You. No, that's 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 pretty much it. I just got to stop being lazy and edit that shit. So. Yeah, man. You get it. You, you get it. You get to. You let those shows pile up on you, man. <laughs> As you know, you know you yeah. get five or six shows ahead, and you're going. I have to edit twelve hours of. <laughs> You know, yeah, I got to edit twelve hours of this but, stuff, uh, and it's just, and you know, and sometimes when you when you write the when you want to write the the bio the introduction to the show, you're going, I'm gonna have to listen to the show again because there's six or seven episodes <laughs> stacked that you know I just kept recording these shows, and I realized I should have written notes down while I was recording. I was so busy trying to have the conversation and concentrate on what the person was saying. And then afterwards, you get an edit, and you're going, "Oh my god, I got to listen to the whole show over and again, just to make sure I don't miss anything." And it's, yeah. it's just a weird thing. Now, I saw a set of yours. One hundred percent is. I saw a set of yours. At Did the you? Comedy okay. Mix. The it was a well, two and a half. Oh minutes. yeah, my newbie, my newbie set. Yes, sir. Yeah, two and a half minutes. <laughs> and oh, I want to know: was it artistic license, or was it true about you losing that much weight? That much weight is a hundred percent real. Uh, that 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 is like my earliest like combined joke, mm-hmm. because I did I started doing stand up about the time I had lost that weight, uh, which is such a bad idea. I really should have done it when I was heavier. I've been way funnier, but <laughs> idiot. Uh, but <laughs> but no, I did, and then uh, that and then I combined that story with another story. It was the first time I'd ever done that. I took a couple different jokes and mixed them together. Uh, all true. Everything in that story is true. Just combined a little bit. Now tell the audience exactly how much weight did you drop? Drum roll. Uh, I lost 95 pounds. 90. 95. Five, I'm going to say it again. 95 pounds. I'm going to say it one more time. 95 uh, pounds. How long did that take, my friend? At least a year. Uh, it right? took me a. Mm, uh, it took me about a year and a half, two years, and mm-hmm. then I kept it off for three, which was really nice. Uh, comedy, I put a little bit back on, and then the pandemic pushed it back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm still down from where I was, even at that weight loss point. But yeah, 95 pounds. Uh, at the first early part, I was only doing less than uh, 50 carbs a day, mm-hmm. uh, no rice. It was nuts. Uh, finally, after about a year, I finally let myself have rice. Um, no alcohol, no nothing like um, the meat, veggies, fruit. That's that's what I ate for years. Was it? Did you? you, you, had to, uh, it, was you had to, it. it was worth it. Yeah. You had to, I'm assuming you dropped soda also, right? Yep. Yep. Soda was gone. Uh, it was only water pretty much at that point. Water with maybe lemon juice. If I got wild mm-hmm. uh, as I sit here with my my tall boy in my hand, I definitely <laughs> remember being that skinny, but that's OK. <laughs> that, but but uh, no, it was great. It was uh, <laughs> huge achievement um but it was it was an accomplished 
It was. It was a huge achievement. And like, which is nice. Like, I'm just gonna be selfish too. I love using that moment on stage if things are going bad, because I know instantly the audience is gonna get behind me. They're like, ah, good for you. Good for you. Um, like the first time I ever told even that story without telling it as a joke, I told it to Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. I was at one of his Q and A's because he was my inspiration for losing that much weight because he had done all that. And I, uh, you know, I said, you know, I lost 95 pounds and 400 people erupted like, woo! And I was like, oh, that's that's an accomplishment. Oh, it is a huge, huge accomplishment. It's one of the it's literally one of the hardest things to do. You know, I mean, I lost 26 and I was like, yeah, hey, (laughs) you know what I mean? Hey, That's awesome. Hey, but like but when somebody loses 95 pounds i mean it's like good lord i mean what did you i mean workout wise what did what were you doing so at that point uh it wasn't anything crazy um so i would either be walking a mile and a half back and forth to work or i would just go to the gym and do maybe three or four miles on the treadmill um no crazy heavy lifting or anything else nothing more than that Uh, honestly i was always such a big kid i think it came off naturally because i was i mean i was probably anywhere between 200 and 40 to 250 pounds senior year on and that was as light as i was Mm -hmm. so i was always big um but keeping it off and staying in this range was never a possibility until that point which again i put some of the weight on but i've been really good about no i don't want to get that big again i'll stop myself at certain points i'll say no uh it's it's been a better balance of eating now than it like Again, the first time was probably unhealthy how little carbs I was actually ingesting to myself, but it was worth it to get down to that size for a while. It's 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 just a, a weird thing because if you're a comic, see, most people, they go to work and then they go home. So what's in the house is controllable. As a comic, when you're out of the house, you know the stuff that they have in front of us. <laughs> Yeah. Nachos, oh, yeah. burritos, and the cupcakes, and this thing. Hey, 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 great set. Have this greasy slop that you can put in your mouth right now. Get in there, have a lot of it. Here's some cheese on top of that lard. And it, it just hand it to you. Here, here's, here's three drink tickets, too, man. You did awesome. You know, whatever you want. Here you go. Like, yes, like it's so hard to to stay that way because of that. Like, it's, it's all, I wouldn't say impossible because I've seen some people do it. I just don't have the willpower to say no. Mm-hmm. Like even at that Gillette show, everyone's just buying me shots. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to say no. I'm on vacation. Thank you, please. Let's mm-hmm. just keep this going. Um, but no. And that's that's the thing that I'm trying to learn and get better at. Be like, I, I need to say no. And be like, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for your offer. So what's the what's the road gigs like for you? When you when you when you find when you get outside of have you done a lot of gigs outside of your home state? Your Real home state, not so no. (laughs) So no, I really haven't. But again, like Colorado's so drastic. Like you driving two hours changes up your entire audience. So I feel Mm. like I am. Um, And again, it is different, and it's just it is terrifying. Like I said, like I will go into areas that don't know me, don't know my style, are not used to somebody like me, and and I'm like, I really hope this goes well. And most times it does now. I'm grateful I took my time in my scene to get better before mm-hmm. I really started branching off. Well, also, nobody would book me either. That helps. Uh, but uh, 
no, <laughs> but, but no, but like now at this point, you know, I have shows all over Colorado. I have Boulder, Denver, Colorado Springs. Fort, I did Fort Collins last night. Um, the mountain states, the further out regions. Like I said, I did Gillette. I'm trying. I was going to try last year more, but, you know, maybe sometime here in the near future. I know some people in Ohio and other places. I want to do more road gigs mm-hmm. and I just kind of I want to see if it's funny there. Like, that's my biggest goal. I'm like, am, am I funny somewhere else? Am I funny everywhere? Like, is your act, all is your I want to be is funny everywhere. Is your act a lot of, I mean, do you have local references in your, in your material? So I do in a few things, which is one of the reasons I think they took my joke book in Wyoming for, at the jail cell because I started writing like Cheyenne and Laramie bisexual. I think they were getting upset at that, they, but I was like trying to change up my my local jokes mm-hmm. to, to match them. Um, I, I do have a few. I have a lot, a lot less now. I was very heavy into that when I started. Um, a lot of my material early was that way. Uh, now it's it's definitely more about me more about my experiences than regional humor i was good at regional humor but like mm-hmm. that only plays so well but it helps as a host mm-hmm. that's that's my big thing like i love it as a host hmm. now what do you do outside of the joke selling outside of the joke selling yes what do you do what is um, what is regular life like for you my friend? what do you do how do you have fun? Okay, well, my, my, my well, fun is not optional to, too often right now because it's basically go to work, go to comedy, uh, which again is fun. It's awesome, but I, I have a great day job. Uh, as I told you, I got arrested for marijuana. Uh, I'm an inventory manager at a marijuana dispensary, so that's my day job, uh, which pays the bills, which is great. Uh, uh, otherwise, I mean, if I can, maybe I'll. I, I, Maybe I'll watch some TV. I don't watch much TV anymore. I like I used to be a big TV guy, big sports guy. I was very involved in all those things and try to watch those things. But I mean, you'll know this if you're you you have a show Thursday, Friday, two on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a lot of sports in. Like you're just <laughs> you're just not going to. Um, so I've learned to kind of accept that. Like I'll catch you know catch up on my media on Sunday or something. Maybe watch some things. Um, but honestly, it's trying to write more jokes, just trying to just be better. Um, and not the greatest comic ever, but just be booked, be, you know, be more recognized, try harder. Uh, I feel like I can work harder than everybody else. I might not be the funniest person, but I'll work harder than you. Like that's, that's my goal at this point. Now at the day job. Yeah. Do you deal with the public at all? Or are you, uh. What do you do? I mean, are you out front? Do you have to sell? To- yes. Oh. So, so I've been in the marijuana industry for seven years. I've been back and uh, two of those years, but yes, five of those years and including occasional time, I do have to deal with the customers and that you mm-hmm. said something to me, mm-hmm. one of the handful of sentences you and I actually, I actually got interacted with the one time I was on a podcast with you previous, mm-hmm. you said, Ryan, Everyone tries to be a comedian. Everyone thinks they're a comedian, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Working in retail, everybody thinks they're a comedian, dude. Like everyone comes up and thinks they're hilarious. And I'm like, you're not funny. Like, please stop. You're you're offending my ears. Like, you don't can I just people. sell you marijuana and get you out the door? You don't tell people what you do. Dude. No, but there was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you tell no, them, okay, you're asking so you'll for pres- it. <laughs> uh, so I had this customer the other day. 
she she it was uh we have curbside pickup right now due to covid uh uh, so people will pull up in their vehicles and this lady didn't place her order she's trying to like she's like being funny and cute and she's like i'm like ma'am can i check your id and she's like sure you know and i'm like can you turn around and i need to expose the barcode in the back she goes i made look young but i've been around the block once or twice and i'm looking at her i'm like yeah ma'am you're 55 years old i get this okay move on and i don't say anything and she goes oh well i think i'm funny she came back like a few days later and i was just trying to get her in and out and she goes excuse me sir um are you a did you come from a police officer background were you in the military and I'm just like, I do not want to tell you that I'm a comedian because this conversation is going to go on way longer and you're going to say way too much that I don't want to involve. I go, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. I literally just military my way out of it. Like, I will I will not tell people I'm a comic. Like, absolutely not. That is literally one of the biggest mistakes. You know, <laughs> it's like people people ask me what I do that don't know. And I literally, I'll just make up random, I'll, I'll even make up jobs I did when I was a teenager or early 20s or something like that. Yeah, it was sale, computer sales. <laughs> I, I, I won't tell them because I, I can't sit, because it, it's one of those things, it, it's, it's very similar to a really, really good looking woman. Like when a really good looking woman walks into the yeah. room, even guys that know they have absolutely 0% chance of dating this woman will still stand in front of her and act like an idiot just to get any kind of approval at all, any kind of a smile, any kind of anything. And it's very similar because you tell somebody you're a comic. Oh my God, they will come at, I I had a plumber that came to the house and he, as it turns out, listened to me. And uh, oh. so I was like, so he comes in the house and he's staring at me the whole time. And then he goes, um, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Um, I see the name here on the invoice. Are you uh are you S Anthony Thomas? And I go, Yeah. Hey man, and I'm like, I'm like, oh that's great, thank you. And I'm, and I'm thinking that's gonna be the end of it. Oh god, joke, 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 joke. He had to come back the next day. He came back with a joke book. No, no. A joke book. What do you think of this one? Now keep keep in mind, I feel comfortable saying this because one, I know he's hearing this, and I broke his stones really hard while he was in front of me. Uh or I wouldn't, have, or, or you know, because I, because like I wouldn't do, I wouldn't bring this up, had I not broken his stones while he was right there, and I'm going, listen, um, I forgot what I said to him, but I was, I was breaking his balls, um, and he's like, oh, okay, man, we started laughing about it and having a good time, but I was like, man, if you weren't such a nice guy, man, <laughs> you know, because it just doesn't stop when people find out what you do, it never, never stops, because he's like, good lord, are you no. What about like, the I, um the, one of the shows I I have like I recently had like the one guy goes hey man what do you do like when people tell you jokes and I go and I'm being very honest I go I typically toss them I don't da 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 I'm just like nope that sucks never thing he goes well everybody in my family thinks I'm funny if I told you a joke would you maybe think about telling it I'm like oh no mm. you heard that me tell you that I won't do anybody else's material and you're still pitching me. Oh, God. I was like, yeah, man, tell me the jokes later. Write them down. I'll see what you think. 
that is. I. Let me ask you this, because this is something else that's, that's interesting. Significant others. When you're doing yes. stand up, you know, I don't know if you're in a relationship yes. right now, but how does so, how's that how's yeah, that working yeah. for you? Because sometimes they get a little jealous of all the time you spend on stage. Okay. Uh so I have a very unique, interesting point for that. Um, so I've been with my wife, we've been together for 17 years. Um, tomorrow we're gonna celebrate our nine year wedding anniversary. Ah, congratulations. Thank you very much. About a year and a half ago, though, we both came out as bisexual, though, and came out polyamorous. We both are poly. So comedy has definitely changed drastically for that. Um, she does not go to many shows, typically because she does, you know, late nights and things. And she's been to some of the bad ones. I feel terrible for her. Some of the other people I go out with, though, it's a whole new experience for them. They're just like, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, my gosh. Like, and I'm just like. You guys, you guys don't get this at all. Like, like some nights this goes bad. Like, and I, I make, I make a very strict rule. You can't go to open mics, only showcases. Mm. Nobody gets to go to an open mic. You can't go to an open mic. That's not worth your time or doing. You can go to a showcase that I know everybody that's on it, but it's, it, it's different because also too, especially when I'm hosting, like I don't, most of them don't realize I'm working. Mm. Like I'm going to go up and tell my jokes. I have to time the next comic. I need to light them. I need to listen to them. I need to maybe make a tag off them. I'm working that whole time. I'm. It's not going to be much of a date. You can get drunk and have fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. So how yeah. far do you have to separate your second significant other from your wife? Um. So the second significant other is very understanding that the wife came first and was well first. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's not it's not too difficult. It's been, I've been lucky and everybody I've met has been either cool or flakes out pretty quickly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) which which is fine. And I'm okay with it. I'm cool with it. Like, but like it's, I, I, there, I have, you know, another, you know, a couple people and it's been months and last things, but everybody, I, I make it very clear. She has a poison pill. She says no, she can take that. This is over. You want to say no, you can take that. This is over. Mm. I can, everybody has a poison pill. So, but if she, and she gets the first choice. So that's, that's my, my scene on it. Yeah. Cause I, I just get a kick out of it because um, I had a couple of friends who were in this, literally exactly the same situation. And it was one of those things where it was like, it just, they just kind of formed this family. Wife loves yeah. new girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Or wife loves uh, boyfriend, and it's like, so we're all good here. Everything's cool. We good. Well, really? Yeah, yeah. And, I'm, and I'm sitting there watching. I'm sitting at the table. I'm going. I'm going. I said, so you're so everything because I know all of them, you know, and I knew them as individuals. Yeah. And I knew I didn't know that they had all hooked up. And I'm going. So so everybody's cool because I because I didn't think the personalities matched that well, but fortunately, they. I think they're probably all still together kind of to get today, actually, to be honest with you. I haven't seen them in a while. But I was just wondering wow. about that because sometimes when there's when you have an open relationship or a relationship very similar to the one that you're describing with yourself, sometimes the person's like, look, hey, man, I, I know you're mine and, uh, you know, I got 80% of you. They, they, they can deal with that over there. That's cool. And some people are like, listen, that's it. You sell them twice. Hell no. <laughs> and they get, yeah, one week, that's it. That's it. That's done. 
you know, I'm just it's just it's just an interesting thing because once you get involved with anything, you know, um, you start adding different pieces. If it works, it's fantastic. If it doesn't work, ew. as you said, you, have, you know, somebody has to have the poison pill. Got to hit that eject button. I don't like them. Click <laughs> out. Yep. And like, and that's yep. And that's what I give everybody. Like, it's it's fine at that point. But again, it, I'm lucky. My base relationships, like I said, we've been together for 17 years. Mm-hmm. We had built this. We trust each other. We love each other. We know we're not leaving each other. Mm-hmm. But we also met very young. We were together very young and we learned that maybe it, at this point it's not, we love each other, but we can still love others too. That's mm-hmm. fine. So mm-hmm. it, it, it takes time. It's not easy. Like I remember one time I was dating this one person and her friend started accosting me. She's like, what are your intentions here? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what, what, are you going to hurt her? I don't know. I don't plan on it. Like, I'm like, do you think that I'm going into this thinking that that's how I'm going to act? I have no clue. I'm, I'm dating somebody like anyone else is dating somebody. I hope it goes well. If not, sorry. That is always hilarious when the girlfriend's friend shows up and starts acting like the girlfriend's mom. Oh, <laughs> okay. You'll appreciate this even better. I had to do a comedy set, a half, half live, half Zoom comedy set for these people at 10 a.m. before I met her. <sighs> yeah, uh, that was. Oh, and it was a bunch of forty-five-year-old uh, social workers uh, <laughs> who were drunk at like 11 a.m. Uh, and I hadn't done a set in four, like two months at that point. Ooh, rust time. And, like, so I'm doing. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I'm doing there are two people on cell phones. There are four people in live audience and a dog. And I'm like trying to figure out where do I look, what am I doing? So it took me a couple minutes and the friend eventually came over and she's like, what? Why were you so nervous at the first part of your set? And I go, I haven't done this in a while. That was nervous. Like I was I was nervous. I don't know what you want from me. I go, did you notice I got better as the set went along? She goes, yeah. I go, Okay. Like, that's a weird thing, people. Like, I don't know. It was just so weird. She was definitely like mama bear to me and like and accusing me of everything. I'm like, I don't know what you want. I, some, I wasn't a great comic. Sorry. And that's just that's just a weird thing to walk up to someone and say. Right. And I'm saying, you know, especially since I mean, I'll put it this way. I, you, you'll you take a critique from anybody because obviously you're basically setting yourself up because you're putting you're, you're displaying your work in front of people that don't know you so obviously you're going to be judged so obviously their input and their you know opinion matters okay we, we got that but sometimes you get mm-hmm. critiques that you you're basically going you've moved into the area of you should not be saying this unless you're a comedian <laughs> you know what i mean people start yes people start yes. giving you technique tips and like you know i've been doing this for uh longer than this person's been alive <laughs> you know right or, you know like, oh no thanks yeah you got four years in it's like have you ever picked up a microphone i've been i've been busting my behind on these stages and for four years what is it man i, mean, I can understand it you know especially that because that that sounded to me let's be honest that sounded to me like somebody that was just wanting to take a shot at you because they could a hundred percent what it was and i knew that very quickly and i tried to brush it off as quick as I could, but I was just like, ow, that hurt. I was just like, I like they have no clue what that's like, especially most people don't get reps. Like you need to have your reps. You need to be consistent to be 
good usually it's hard to have a large layoff and easily pick up a microphone and be excellent again like your your act atrophies the same way a muscle does <laughs> you know? yes and so it, it's muscle memory yes yeah it's, it's just i mean because I, I i did a we, we had a thing this is like a long time ago we had two it was the first time i had two weeks off straight in a long time at this at that point and it was it was the two weeks for christmas and usually i would kind of sneak out someplace i was like you know what you know, hundreds of shows in a row. I'm taking these two weeks off. The hell with it. I go back up on state, and I could, you know, I could feel. It still went well, but I, I could feel the rust <laughs> from two weeks. Yeah, I could yes. feel it. Yeah, you, yes. I, I don't. I'm, and again, I'm so spoiled around here, especially before COVID. You, you could hit five open mics a night. Like you were just getting it and churning your, turning it out and trying different everything, and you, you were on your A game. You get and like to me do, at this point, like yeah, if I'm off a week, you get to do five sorry, open sir. mics yes. a night. Oh, five, you make me sick. You add it, you greedy bastard. A hundred, a hundred percent, I was, and a hundred percent, I was. Like it was a huge thing. If you did it right, and you you asked around right, you could hit five. It was known as the triple. You could do four on like certain nights. Most nights, you you could do three. Like it was just, it's the best to try to get better. I love it. But when you don't have that and you go down to um, right now where we're at, like I might get one or two. I just did my first real open mic um, since last March, March 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a drive in open mic, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. very interesting. Is that the, the horn uh, having cars honk at you for applause. <laughs> yeah. Horn honking for applause. Uh, oh, walking how... an audience is driving an audience. You know you're doing bad. Oh, God, I hear an engine. <laughs> uh, uh, there, I won't name his name, but there was a comic, and I looked at him, I go, you just drove four people away. <laughs> they had to turn their car on for that. Oh, that would be, be <laughs> like, <it> was... <laughs> That would be the time you wish you had an audience full of Tesla so you could even hear him pull out. <laughs> uh if i could have somehow done open mic comedy in boulder that would have been great you're right but uh no uh i was in fort collins with everybody with their loud revving trucks and mm-hmm. like dodge challengers tri- driving past you and you're like ah come on yeah have somebody cold uh, roll you but, when but they again leave. it's good <laughs> <laughs> somebody absolutely did that i absolutely had that happen <laughs> What, is, is everybody still masked up? Because uh, on the East Coast here, they're kind of lifting a lot of the masks guidelines. So you can walk around without the, the mask on outside and stuff like that. How are you guys doing there? It's pretty mask free. It's pretty mask free now because mm-hmm. um, we're at 70% conversion rate. Uh, it's mostly mask free. My job just went mask free. Um, most of the shows are like, you know, mask recommended. It's mm-hmm it's different like it's weird because my biggest issue is i look at the people that aren't wearing the mask i go you're not vaccinated (laughs) sir sir you are 55 years old in camo and two bud light six packs i know you're not vaccinated don't lie to me it is a good chance (laughs) you get stuck in your arm (laughs) exactly (laughs) i was like there's no way and i'm like I'm looking at some of these like I'm not going to rat them out, but like even like I only have two coworkers who have not been vaccinated. And when we found out we we could take our off our mask, they were the first two to take them off. I'm like, you guys no, what are you doing? Yeah. So I don't know. It's so, it's their, everyone's choice. Mm-hmm. But so. at 70 percent, you 
you're really close to herd immunity time, so you should be good there. Because I think you got to get really close to herd immunity time. Yeah, I think you got to be able. I think so, but again, we have so. Yeah, but here's the problem: we have so many people coming in from Wyoming that that's never going to be a real number. Ooh, yeah. Uh, my time up there, no one wore a mask. There was no mask mandate at any restaurant that wasn't Starbucks. And again, I was in the jail for the weekend and I never saw a mask. Mm-hmm. Not one person was wearing one. Like, I'm like, that can easily spread right back down here real quick. Oh, yeah. So, did you get, did you we'll get, you, so obviously you got jammed in the arm then. Oh, that was, I had to have my, at least my first shot before I was going to Wyoming. There was no way I was leaving here without that. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm fully vaxxed. Uh, Moderna past two weeks. So ah, I'm, uh, well, I'm pretty happy day, about that. I'm also a Moderna guy and I will be completely vaxxed. My two weeks ends on Thursday. Nice. Congratulations. So it'll be over with my friend. It'll be over with done, complete, finished. Yeah. <laughs> I had to truck around. A, <laughs> I had to truck around a bunch of relatives too. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in the car and shut up. <laughs> With the, I'm <laughs> shut your damn mouth. Get in the car, and then you drag them down there. Because did you get? Because uh, my sister uh, also got Moderna, and she the first shot she was complaining about. She was calling me on the phone talking to her. She had a, her arm hurt, and the second she goes. If you get the Moderna, I'm telling you right now, that thing knocked me down for 30 hours. I was sleeping, and I was waiting for my my, my brother-in-law to call. You know, man, come on, man. Your sister's uh, <laughs> he's all knocked out over there. <laughs> I got both Moderna shots. Uh, I have zero side effects. Nothing. Wow. Nice. No fatigue. Nice. No pain in the arm. Nothing. And. Uh, <laughs> Wow. She's like, wait, wait, wait. Nothing? I'm like, nothing. My arm didn't even hurt. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and my other two, my other sibling, nothing. Older, a couple of older relatives shot in the arm. Nothing. Nothing. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's, because I was, I'll be honest with you, I was a little afraid of it. I mean, uh, I mean, not afraid, but it was going, I literally had to clear out four days in my schedule, no shows, no recordings, no nothing for four days, just in case. And I got the shot and I'm looking at the clock going, okay, and she said it was eight hours in is when her arm started to hurt and in 12 hours, she, was, she couldn't even get out of bed. She was retired. 12 hours goes by, I'm going, yeah, I guess that's not going to happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I cleared out four days Good. Well, for look- nothing. That pissed me off, though. Well, there's worse. I mean, but at least you were being cautious and you were Mm. taking care of it just in case. Damn it. I I don't know. I I was going to say, my so the first shot, I had nothing. Mm. Uh, No tired, no nothing. Uh, Second shot, my arm was sore. Mm. I I ended up doing a show that night. Mm. Uh, The next morning, arm was a little sore. I was a little tired, but it it was Saturday, so I I slept in. Mm. And then after I got up after, like, my nap, I was like, I feel great. I, no, nothing wrong. I, I kept doing everything else I was going to do. So everybody I've talked to that has Moderna, typically, like every you feel fine. You're you're okay. Yeah, it's, it's like, just kind I of. Think, like, I think it's the Pfizer. Everyone has. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's like my neighbor, uh, two doors down. I'm walking out of the house. Hey, it's Anthony. Hey, what's going on, Miss? You know, she goes. Uh, hey, I said, what happened? I said, I haven't seen you and your guy in a while. What happened? And her, her boyfriend, 
uh, was basically she basically had to use a mop to move him around the house. <laughs> you know, he's, he was he was a complete mess. And she goes, "I was I was horrible. I was just, I was tired. My arm hurt." But you should have seen. She she was like taking pride. He was a mess. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he comes walking out the house. Hey man, uh, I heard her talking about. It. I wasn't that bad. She goes, yes, you were. You, you did you see him the last couple of days? That's Anthony. Nah, you know why? Because he was in the house drooling all over himself, whining like a punk. And I'm going, oh my god. Man. I was like, maybe they had a fight. She's like using me to, t- to torture this bastard <laughs> because she's just telling all of his secrets. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's just a, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I'm looking forward to, so you, you, you were able to get back on the stage a little faster uh, than I'm going to be able to, but it should be happening really, really soon. I just want to give people a little more time because, you know, I just want to see what's going to happen, you know, because there's, I don't, I don't see a lot of anti, I've seen a couple of anti-vaxxers um, not many, but a couple of them, you know, people starting, people walking into the store, pulling their shirts over their nose. I'm like, you know, that's not the same thing as wearing a mask, right? You know, it's just a shirt. <laughs> it's not the same thing as wearing, you know. That's been, that's been my, that's been my favorite part about like running most of the shows outside because I was working security mm-hmm. and I, I would make sure, no, I was like, no, pull that up, pull that you're going to wear that. Keep that in. Keep on the inside. And now it's almost impossible to keep anyone or do anything or say anything. So if I had my dreathers, I'd rather take some time off right now. But the, not so lucky, I guess. I'm, oh, I, I mean, I'm really blessed to have lots of shows right now. So um, we'll see what happens. I mean, not much not much choice I have. So, Well, well now, as far as your, uh, your, reg- your day gig, uh, <clears throat> I just want to know... Uh, <clears throat> Much like uh, sometimes uh, people that work at McDonald's um, will partake of the uh, the Big Macs themselves, and uh, you know they'll <laughs> they'll go home with a Big Mac of fry and soda for themselves, and it's acceptable for them to do so, or they'll get the Big Mac fries and soda at uh, at a discounted rate for themselves. <clears throat> uh, seeing as how you also work with the public with a uh, disposable substance. Uh, are you allowed to also uh, enjoy the fruits of your labor? Oh, uh, off the clock, a hundred percent. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. I love it. I love it. I get samples. Actually, I'm in charge of samples, which is great at my job. Like literally, companies just send us different things. They're like, "Ooh, you guys want some edibles? You want a you know vape pen? Concentrate some flour. Here you go, all in this black bag. Go home and smoke it, and tell us what you think." Like that—that's that, a weekly thing. Like go, like I, I love it for that. Like honestly, I used to work just retail, retail before, mm-hmm. and I was realizing uh, I could get the same discount uh, at the dispensary and uh, get paid the same amount. So I was like, "Fuck this! I'm leaving Home Depot. I'm going to the dispensary." I'm gonna find it very, so, very funny yeah, I- <clears throat> when you're being interviewed on Entertainment Tonight for season three of your show. And they're going to, you know, you're making $200,000 a week. Why are you still working at the dispensary? Mind your business. <laughs> it's the discount, man. I love the discount. Mind your damn business. Any way we can shoot the show from here? Uh, this is what I, because I've never actually had an edible. Um, okay. Yes. Can you, I mean, does it taste different than a regular brownie or cookie it or anything? Depends. 
It depends. It depends if it's done well. Uh, if a company or somebody does it badly, then yeah, you'll absolutely taste marijuana. You can taste the things of marijuana. Um, but if a company you know is really good about it, no, you don't. Um, again, I'm definitely a heavy consumer. Um, my edible dosage is very high. <laughs> I'm upwards of 150 to 300 milligrams for an edible to get me high. Mm. Um, so we have something in Colorado called a cake pop. And it is a weed-infused cake pop that's 300 milligrams. Okay. So imagine a normal, exactly, imagine a normal size cake pop that's 300 milligrams. And that thing better not taste hashy. I don't want that to. <laughs> and they don't. like. <laughs> now, as far as milligrams so are concerned, I, what, like the standard, like a standard, at, you're at a friend's house, they're rolling a joint, like a regular size joint. What would be in that? So that's so let me explain this and you're you're going to make the marijuana guy come in. They are two totally different highs. Mm -hmm. So they're not comparable. Um, weed high is getting consumed through your lungs and oxygen. Um, the edible is getting consumed through your stomach and your uh, liver. Mm -hmm. So it actually changes the drug when you ingest it. It turns from a Delta nine to a T11. Um, it instantly becomes a body high. So I know people that can smoke a ton. They're 300 pounds. If I give them a 10 milligram edible, they're out. <laughs> they're done. They're done for the evening. <laughs> so which is 10 milligrams is the state of Colorado says is a safe starting dosage for anyone. Anyone over 21, 10 milligrams is fine. And I know people that will they're dead on that. Uh, and like I said, me, on the other hand, 150, 300 milligrams. OK. <laughs> I, can see, I can see you giving somebody a, a, hey man look man I'm a tough guy look I'm 6'4 260 you know I'm, I'm a former cage fighter you know what I'm saying I'm a merchant marine just give me that damn lollipop it's not going to affect me you understand bring go through to the other side do 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 I won't steal it but Pete PJ Johnson, again, he has a great fit. He also works in a dispensary. He talks about like these old time stoners from Vietnam stoners that will come in and take an edible mm -hmm. like, man, that shit don't affect me. That's a And he literally will gradually fall asleep on stage and pass out <laughs> like as the set's going on. Like, it's really good because they, they don't get it. Like, it's not the same. It's going to mess you up like like you don't get it. But obviously, it, it doesn't do anything to. It doesn't bang you down the way alcohol does. I mean, you don't wake, you don't have headaches, and you're not dehydrated. You're not feeling beat up. I'm assuming. Nope. It's no. Just, the, the, it, okay. The, I, I say that you you fell asleep at the party first. That's really what it means. Like mm -hmm. the worst case scenario, you're gonna take a nap. You're gonna go to bed. Mm -hmm. Like you could get paranoia if you ate too many, which I've done. But most people like just go for a walk. Drink some water, take a nap. You'll be fine. As, again, as long as you're not doing something stupid like I am on dosaging, you're fine. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, you know, I, I don't know if you notice this, but the, um, we're not actually recording the show. The, the show's tomorrow. This is in your head right now. <laughs> <laughs> that makes so much sense, man. Like, Dude, man. <laughs> Dude, bro. That, that was, at, least I'll, at, least, at least I'll be better. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is just that is just a, an interesting thing because like obviously in in uh, when I lived in L.A. I mean it was like there was I don't even smoke marijuana but it's like I could tell whatever that guy was smoking some of the, the stuff that these guys were smoking you going I'm going good lord bro just you know, it's like 
<laughs> he just yeah. sitting next to the guy like, oh, what in the blue hell is that? You know, you could tell what it was. <laughs> and, uh, you know. And, you uh, say that. That was me la- That was me outside the open mic last night. <laughs> um, I had a uh, concentrate-infused joint with me, and I was hitting it for a few minutes, and I was about to finish it out, and some dude goes, who's got the weed? I want it. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> let me get this thing out. I'm not giving this to this guy. He, yeah. <laughs> Again, that's always fun, too, just dosing the comedians has been one of my favorite things on the planet so because it, yeah, it's just it's just a really weird thing um i'm gonna ask you this because um it became what is the legalization level in i mean it's just straight up that's it you you can just use what you want as far as uh, marijuana is concerned to a point you can use as much as you want. There's only so much you can have on you at any given point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the a ticket most at that you point, can right? legally purchase in a pretty. If you go over a certain amount, it's more than a ticket. But mm-hmm. to do that's pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> it would be basically well over three ounces, and you'd have to have to have that on you in your possession. How which physically nobody big really is does. three that's ounces? That's a though. lot of weed. Yeah, how physically big is three ounces? Uh, so that's what 72 grams of marijuana like you're talking like yeah seven, 72 one gram joints like big joints Ooh. they that's yeah it's it's a lot of weed that's a lot of marijuana to have on you i at no point ever need that much meat weed on me i'm like <laughs> I, I can buy it when i need it i'll have a gram or two on me and i'm good are there dispensaries Which i'm assuming found out about this so. is dispensaries everywhere now i'm assuming right Pretty much. Um, they've limited what you can't like how many licenses in Colorado you can actually have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they've capped it out. They aren't giving new ones. Um, but I, th- I think it's something like 250 licenses in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're everywhere. Um, I th- there's one like every three blocks around me. <laughs> uh, I used to work. I used to work at two. There were uh, uh, a five minute walk apart with another dispensary in between. So and that was not in Denver. Like Denver, you like Denver's like every other block. It's a it's a dispensary. <laughs> so I mean, so I'm assuming that uh so that tax money's gotta be huge. It is, but they don't they can't use it as well as they're hoping to. Uh the pr- biggest problem about that is because every all the schools are still federally funded most of the schools won't actually take the money that's intended for them because they can lose their federal funding. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the money goes unclaimed. There is at one point, I think we gave back uh, $500 million to the state of Colorado presidents mm-hmm. because it was unused marijuana tax. It was just sitting there. Phew. Like everyone got a check for like 300 bucks. <laughs> that's like Alaska with the oil. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It really is. And it feels that way. It's the wild, wild west and things are just, you know, always changing regulations and things. It's it's different and interesting. Like, I, but I love it. Like, it's never the same thing twice when I go to work. Something new got changed. New, some new regulation happened. It's like, OK, let's do this. I'm just curious about what the percentage is of the people that got the three hundred dollar check to win. You know, I might as well, since this is free three hundred dollars, I might as well. Walk to one of these dispensaries really quickly and uh, <laughs> grab a little dessert for after day pudding. <laughs> I want to, you have any uh, <laughs> uh, chocolate uh, weed brownies with weed ice cream? <laughs> I <was laughs> so I mean this 
when people got their federal stimuluses, we could tell it was coming in because we started getting busier. Mm -hmm. You could tell the people that got their $1,200 checks that were instantly going to throw it at the dispensary. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, moon rocks, caviar. Yeah, a Puffco peak. Throw that bad boy in my pocket, baby. That's government money. I was like, all right. Break on through to the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It was it was so obvious too. We could tell like these people are normally like somebody that would normally buy a joint or two, maybe an eighth on a wild day. Mm-hmm. And you're in here maxing out, buying like three hundred dollar, you know, smoking rigs. I'm like, okay, guys, we get it. You got your money. Go home and have fun. I think that is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I just, I, uh, 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 do you have wacky characters showing up in there? Just, I mean. Oh yeah, we do. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we were just talking about this the, this homeless guy that we had, um, Mr. Paisley. I'll I'll say his name on here and leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would literally be he was cracked out of his mind. He would walk up and down the streets yelling at people, screaming at people. Um, at one point, though, he would refuse when we uh, the pandemic happened to uh, wear hand sanitizer. And he's like, "No, man, they're gonna mess with my atomic message, and it's gonna <laughs> screw me up." So he decided he was going to come in uh, a costume to like surprise us and we wouldn't know it was him. Uh, he just came in like an old sailor's outfit with a tiny, tiny hat, mm. uh, but he still wasn't wearing a mask. So we knew exactly who he was. <laughs> and I was like, Mr. Mr. Paisley, we know it's you. Will you will you please put some hand sanitizer on? Um yeah, there was another guy today that this seventy-three-year-old guy who tried to fight me uh, when the pandemic happened. Oh, like I was like, "What are you doing?" Like, and like he, he's like, "I can spit that far. I don't need a stupid mask and all this stuff." And he's still like, this, "Yeah, I." Ha- There's a bunch of interesting characters that I I deal with on a regular basis there. I already know, but some really cool people too. I already know five or six of these people will be in your Netflix special. I'm, I'm smelling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Paisley is definitely going to be a character. I can tell you that right I, now. <laughs> I, I can smell it coming. You know, because whenever you have, you know, because I, I I talked to uh, my actor friends and uh, and I was talking. I did a recording with a friend of mine as an actor a little while ago, and uh, we do exactly the same thing. We sit there and we're observing people. First thing you notice as a comic is when something bad happens to you, it feels horrible, just like it does to everybody else. But after it's over, you're going, you know, I can actually make money with that. <laughs> that bad thing yes. that happened to me. I can make money with that. <laughs> and the second thing is when you when you're watching people around you, you know, you, you find yourself just like looking at them and you're literally just putting information into the computer that you're gonna use later on. Vocal inflections, body movements, voices accents and you're just you're just putting it into the machine and i didn't realize how 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 much i do that i'm literally always doing that but it's subconscious now and then uh when you need the voice or the inflection or the or the character it just pops out because you were putting you were feeding it into the machine the entire time and i'm telling you right now five or six of these dudes they're going to wind up in your first netflix special i'm telling you that right now I believe you're a hundred. You are a hundred percent correct. Because I've absolutely stolen things from customers and things. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to use that. Like, mm. 
um, the opener you saw that night, which is definitely not my opener uh, of the Comedy Works tape. It was a customer told me that she goes, "You, you look like a sexy serial killer." <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're the, no. And like, I've had other people like, "You look like the lead singer of Stained." Like, okay, that's funnier than anything I could say right now. So I'm going to use that. I appreciate that. You know what? Earlier um, in this, in this it is in, early in this broadcast, I said your first Netflix special will be called Ryan Hates the Homeless. I changed my mind. It's now Sexy Serial Killer. That's the name. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of your first special. I'm telling you right now. There it is. That might be. <laughs> if not, it's the follow up special to the I Hate the Homeless. It's Sexy Carrot. Sexy. Yeah, I'm telling you. Well, see, that's, oh, God, that's a good that's thing. Good. You got two, you got two concepts right now for your first two specials. You record, do like Dave Chappelle, record both of them back to back, and then walk into Netflix. All right, you bastards, twenty million. <laughs> 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 got two specials. All right, for sold, you. sir. Thank you. We've never <laughs> we've never seen somebody do this before. Good for you, <laughs> uh, my friend. I am. Uh, we have concluded today's episode. I want to thank you, man. It's been a blast talking to you, man. It was fun talking to you. I was looking forward to it, and uh, it's been fantastic. You too. Thank you, seriously. I've been looking forward to this. It's been a long time since I got to talk to you, so I really appreciate it, my brother. I want to thank you, and I, and uh, when I come to uh, Colorado, uh, I'm expecting at least four uh, four spots around the city. I'm not going to get greedy with five like you, yeah, like you, none. but I'm going to do four. <laughs> <laughs> seriously I, I i have you on shows i can promise you right now up and down the state i'll make some you're on shows let me know when you're in here you're on uh, to to the audience i want you to listen very closely uh he admitted this uh so we're gonna hold him to it if uh if i don't get at least four spots we get him <laughs> yeah, all of you come after me please if i if i can't own up and get him four spots please <laughs> All right, my brother. It was a pleasure talking to you. I will, I will, we will continue to harass each other online, my brother. Hell yeah, appreciate you, sir. Appreciate you. All right, take care. Much love, much love to you. Yeah, bye bye. All right, now that was fun, wasn't it? Told you. What did I tell you? Have I failed you yet? No. Will I fail you? Also, no. <laughs> Thanks again for all your support. Much love to everybody, and I'll see you again next time. Take care.